Well, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Good Wednesday evening to all of my friends at First Baptist Church Dixon joining us on our live stream. May the Lord bless you. Well, Sunday was a wonderful Father's Day. Uh, fathers, I hope that you are all affirmed and blessed. It was a special time for us to all be with our families. What a great, great time it is. It's good for us to all be back in church. Now, this Sunday, all of our children's Sunday school classes begin. All of our children's Sunday school classes from preschool all the way through our children. Uh, young people have not started yet. Young, uh, uh, the students will start uh, coming up the following week in July. We've got plenty of room in the worship center. Some have said to me, well, I'm staying home so that others have room. We have plenty of room. Come, come back. First Baptist Church, come back. I know in the summer you're traveling. Please come back and be with us. We're ready for you to be back with us. We're excited about it. And the Lord is blessing us. Everything's uh, taken care of. We've made the proper arrangements. We're honoring one another with our space in, uh, in a health conscious way. But I hope you'll be back at church. And I hope that you'll plan to be with us Sunday. It will be a great Lord's Day as we continue to consider and be challenged about praying for revival. And I hope that you're praying for revival these days in our church in the global church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and also for awakening in the world. These are vital times, and we must pray. They are crucial times, and that is what the Lord has called us to do as His people. When these times of pestilence and trouble and trial come, we must be His people and stand in the gap and pray. And I hope that you're doing that. I'll have more to say about that on Sunday. Well, tonight we continue to think about personal revival. There's not a day that goes by that I don't realize that I must have fresh spiritual power and life from the Lord every single day. I can't live off of what God did in my life yesterday. I need it and I know that I'm not alone. This is the truth of God's Word as we consider and think about personal revival these days. I'm going to ask you to turn to the Gospel of John, and in the Gospel of John, uh, we're going to be focusing on John 6, 63 <clears throat> in just a moment, but tonight we're talking about the importance of understanding the Spirit of God's work in reviving life, in revival, and this becomes important for us. So I'd like to begin by reading these passages in John chapter 6. So take your copy of God's Word, John chapter 6, beginning in uh, verse number 53. John 6, 53. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me... He also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, 
not as the fathers ate and died, he who eats this bread will live forever. And then I want you to move down to verse number 63. Here's our focus for tonight. As the Lord concludes explaining these strong words, it is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spiritual and are life. Let me read again verse number 63, our focus. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God tonight. As we, come, as we gather around to come to study your word, we pray that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher. Revive us again today. Revive your church. Bring awakening to the world. We ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, the Lord is saying some things very strong in this passage. Many that are misunderstood. In fact, he spoke these words in Capernaum in the synagogue. And I want you to go back and see just quickly before we come to understand and look at verse number 63 in detail. Again, I'll read 63 and then make some observations about the earlier verses. Uh, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The focal truth that we're looking at in these verses tonight goes with verse 63, and it's this. It's a simple truth, but very powerful. The Holy Spirit is the source of reviving life. The Holy Spirit is the source of reviving life. And the Holy Spirit's job point, is to point to Jesus Christ as crucified, raised from the dead, ascended, exalted and seated in heaven, and soon to come again. The Holy Spirit's job is to teach us the Word of God and to apply it to our minds and our soul. The Holy Spirit's job is to help us understand the life that we have in Jesus Christ. The Spirit gives us our life as we come to Jesus Christ. Well, what did the Lord say to these Jewish people and to His disciples? Well, He said in verse 53 that unless you eat the flesh of the Son of God and drink His blood, you don't have life. You see, you have to eat the Son of God, he says. It's not describing literally eating, physically eating, his, drinking His blood and eating His flesh. But it is the idea of taking to yourself the Lord Jesus like He is our bread, like He is our food. When we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, we take Him as our bread so that we might have life. So He says that you only have life when you eat me like bread. He goes on in verse 54 and says that if you eat His flesh, if you eat the flesh of Jesus Christ, drink His blood, you have eternal life. Your life comes to be eternal because you now have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you'll be raised on the last day. There'll be a glorious reunion. Our bodies will be transformed from the ground, brought back together, materialized, and we will join the Lord as He has His glorified body with our glorified bodies. What a day it will be. Life, eternal life, resurrection life, 
and life here. The Lord goes on to say in 55, My flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. The body of the Lord Jesus Christ, He Himself, He is the one who died for us. He is the true food that gives us real life. You know, you eat in order to maintain life. You drink in order to maintain life. The only way we maintain our life, eternal life, is to have eaten, taken the Lord Jesus by faith and believed in Him just like we were eating our food. The Lord goes on and says in verse 56, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. So my relationship with Jesus Christ is sustained as I have my union with him and I continue to feed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who gives me life. Because of his life, he gave me life. Because of his death, he gives me life. Jesus goes on to say, 57, as the living Father sent me, the living God, I live because of the Father. You see, the Lord Jesus was alive because of the living Father, and the same is true. He who eats me will also live because of me. We're alive because of our union with Jesus Christ. Spiritual life, along with our physical life, but oh, this is talking about our spiritual life. Our physical life comes to be joyful and wonderful when we have our spiritual life in Jesus Christ. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, verse 58, not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. When you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it is permanent and it is eternal. But there are those seasons of time when we, we seem to lose our strength and our vitality. We've not connected ourselves perhaps as closely to the Lord Jesus as we should. We've, we've gone away to other things. We've turned away. Well, that's why personal revival is so important for us. It's because we're, we're looking to the Lord Jesus to gain strength spiritually. And so we come back to these words now in verse 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. It is the Spirit who gives life. And the flesh profits nothing. Now I want to make several observations tonight and uh, based on these words of the Lord Jesus. You see, it's important for us to think about where we are spiritually. Let me ask you some questions before we get to those observations. I try to do this each time we're together because I think it helps us to focus our minds as we're studying God's Word together. First of all, how would you describe your spiritual life today? The Lord Jesus promised that we would have life. He promised us eternal life. He promised us abundant life in this world. How is, what is the condition of your spiritual life today? Are you fainting? Are you weary? Are you discouraged? Are you fearful? Are you doubting? Are you uh, about to move back into unbelief? Where are you today in your spiritual life? How would you describe the condition of your spiritual life? You see, when I can recognize my condition, then I'm able to understand what I need from God when I call out for life. Well, there's some other questions. Would you say that your life is an abundant life? 
you know, uh, these days people have their gardens. Oh, it's, we've had some fresh rain, uh, Sunday and <clears throat> sunshine. Everything grows. Boy, once those gardens get to going, there's an abundance that comes from that garden. It's just, it's coming so much you, you start trying to give away all the, uh, all the fruits and vegetables you can because you can't hardly keep up because it's abundantly producing from the ground. Is that true in your life? Are you a fruitful Christian? Are you living in abundance? Is there an abundance of fruitfulness that comes from your life? It's seen by others and known by others. What's the situation of your life? Well, it's very important for us to consider this today because barrenness means that there's a lack of life. Barrenness, a lack of fruitfulness. So are you, is your life filled with abundance or barrenness? Well, as we remember today, personal revival, we have to understand that it is absolutely essential that we see the work of the Holy Spirit in bringing us and connecting us to the Lord Jesus Christ and to ourselves by faith. First observation, number one. The Holy Spirit gives reviving life to God's people. The Holy Spirit gives reviving life to God's people. Again, John, first phrase, John 6, 63. It is, the Lord Jesus says, it is the Spirit who gives life. Think about it. He gives new life at conversion. Now, what did Paul say? The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead has raised you from the dead. When we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ and believed by faith, that was what we must do. Repented of our sin, believed why the Holy Spirit of God woke us up out of our sleep and we were saved and brought back to spiritual life. What a wonderful thing conversion is to be saved and brought back to life. So He gives us new life. He also frees us from sin and death. Listen to these words in Romans 8 too. The Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from sin and death. The Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free. Romans 8, 2. So it is the Spirit of life in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God. The Lord Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit without measure. And that same Spirit, the Spirit of the life of Jesus Christ, it frees us, my friends, from sin and death. No longer are we now held in death's power and we are freed to be overcomers of sin. So the Holy Spirit gives us new life at conversion, frees us from sin. He renews us. The Holy Spirit continues this work of renewal. Uh, Romans 7, 6. He, uh, we serve Him now in newness of spirit. Every day I serve God. What is it that the Spirit gives? The Holy Spirit gives me reviving life by giving me new life at salvation, by freeing me from sin and death, by renewing me freshly every day. That's what we're looking for in revival. We serve Him in newness. There's newness to serving God every day. The oldness of yesterday won't make it. And He also gives reviving life under this first observation because He transforms us. The Holy Spirit does the work of transformation. I read to you from Paul's words. They're very familiar. We've looked at them before. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all, who are believers with unveiled face. Like Moses, when he stood in the presence of God, his face was unveiled. When he went out before the people, he covered his face because his face shone with the glory of God. 
we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image, the image of Jesus Christ. As we grow, the Holy Spirit is changing us into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. So the first observation is it's the Holy Spirit, as the Lord says, gives reviving life. The second thing goes in the, last, the next phrase in verse 23. The flesh profits nothing. Now that may be something we're not all in agreement with. The flesh profits nothing. Your flesh and mine have no value except to be used as slaves to do the will of God under the control of the Holy Spirit. Well, you see, we must think about flesh. The flesh has no value. It doesn't profit us anything. The Spirit gives life. But people are living in their flesh thinking that a fleshly life will give them more life. Romans 8.13 says, If you live by the flesh, you must die. If you live by the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So how do we live? How do we deal with this unprofitable flesh? These lusts of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, boastful pride of life, these desires we have that drive us crazy, that keep us from desiring the things of God. Well, we must remember the Spirit gives life, but the flesh, the flesh kills our spiritual life. That's the second observation. The flesh kills our spiritual life. You see, there are a number of ways that, we, that when we live in the flesh, we somehow have this experience of dying spiritually. We're still the Lord's, but we've gone back into carnality. There's deadness in our spiritual life. Well, when we gratify our fleshly lusts, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul said in Ephesians 4, Don't be drunk with wine. Where is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Paul went on to say, Ephesians 4, don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed. When we leave our first love of the Lord Jesus Christ, the source of all life, when we leave it, we quench the Holy Spirit of God. We grieve and quench the Holy Spirit when we go back to the flesh. When we disobey the Spirit's instruction and leading. Listen to these words from Nehemiah in his prayer. Nehemiah 9.26 but the people became disobedient and rebelled against you and cast your law behind their backs, killed your prophets who had admonished them so that they might return to you and they committed great blasphemies. That's a description of disobeying God. As Nehemiah says, disobedient, rebellious, throwing the law of God behind their backs, killing the preachers and prophets who had admonished them to return to you and they'd committed great blasphemies. You see, we grieve, we quench the Holy Spirit. The flesh profits us nothing. When we decide to live in the power of our flesh, the power of our flesh will kill your spiritual vitality. Resisting the comfort of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes to seek to do His work, here's another way that the flesh, when the flesh refuses the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it kills our spiritual vitality. Isaiah 30, 15. For thus the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, In repentance and rest, in repentance and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength, but you were not willing. So the first observation is this. 
that the Holy Spirit gives reviving life to God's people. The second observation is this, fleshly living kills our spiritual living. The third observation is this, fleshly living opposes spiritual living. Not only does it kill our spiritual vitality when we live in the flesh and go back to it, but it is a total contra. Our flesh totally stiffens and fights the Holy Spirit, opposes and resists the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, Galatians 5.17. Galatians 5.17. This is an important one. You should pay attention to this one. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things you please. That's what's happening when I go back to the flesh. The Lord Jesus says here, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Another way, the flesh can't give you life. The flesh can't give you life. It kills your spiritual vitality and opposes and resists. So when the Word of God starts being preached or uh, you're not in a good condition and you start fighting and resisting the truths of God's Word, you read them but you don't think... You see these people who heard these words of the Lord Jesus, when the disciples, verse 60, heard these words, some of them said, this is a difficult statement, who can listen to it? And you know what? Many of them left from following the Lord. They couldn't take this. It didn't satisfy their flesh. So today, this is where we think about the importance of being revived. The Holy Spirit of God gives us reviving life. Now, I have some things I'd like for you to remember this evening as we're uh, wrapping up. And these things are tied to what we've just learned about the importance of the Holy Spirit of God bringing revival. Look, the Holy Spirit of God brings revival in my personal life. And when we're all re revived personally as believers and we gather at church, then there can be revival power corporately among God's people. That's what I'm praying will happen at First Baptist Church Dixon. Here's some thoughts for you to remember tonight as we're finishing. First of all, reviving life produces a strong awareness of God's presence in us and with us. The Lord Jesus was calling these disciples to come into present relationship with Him. Is that true for you? Well, you see, the more I experience revived life, the more sensitive I am, the more aware of God's presence I am. Secondly, fleshly living brings spiritual deadness. Fleshly living brings spiritual deadness. You can mark it down. If you follow the flesh, it will lead to spiritual dryness and spiritual deadness and spiritual barrenness. Third, the Spirit resists the flesh and its impulses. The Spirit stands and gives us power to overcome and we put to death these, these fleshly impulses and desires that war against our spiritual life. A fourth thing, fruitfulness in the Christian life replaces barrenness when the Holy Spirit of God revives us. If I'm going to be fruitful as a Christian, I must have the power of the Holy Spirit in my life so that I might be a fruitful Christian. The next is assurance. Assurance of God's love replaces the dread of His rejection. When I have spiritual life, I'm not afraid that I've been rejected by God. Someone talking to me the other day, worried about their past sins. Somehow was it going to take them away from God? 
Somehow was it going to be, they were dreading somehow the rejection of God. Oh, the Holy Spirit comes and pours out the love of God in your heart to tell you you're forgiven when you've confessed and repented your sin. And the Lord will give you life. He will give you joy. Finally, former fruitfulness is no excuse for present barrenness. Look, you can talk about all the things you've done for God in the past, but you see your past fruitfulness is no excuse for barrenness today. That's why we need revival. Fruitfulness must come day by day as the Holy Spirit of God enables us and empowers us. Well, lots to think about. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Finally, what about for daily use? Well, these four things are very familiar, but I remind you of them tonight. They're the disciplines of the Christian life. You see, the disciplines don't bring me life. The disciplines bring me back to the source of life, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ and my relationship to Him and the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. First of all, set your mind on the Spirit. Set your mind on the Spirit. Focus on the Spirit and spiritual things, not on flesh and fleshly things. Romans 8, 6. Look it up and see it sometime. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. There's life and peace when you set your mind on the Spirit, Romans 8, 6. Second, submit to the Spirit of God and follow Him. Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God. Follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, my friend. Revival comes as we follow the Spirit of God, as He leads us in our thoughts and our emotions and our desires and our praying and our work and our families. Oh, this is important for us. Set your mind on the Spirit and follow the Holy Spirit. Submit to the Spirit's leadership. Third, kill your flesh daily. Kill it. There's no value in your flesh. It'll pull you away from God. It'll take you away because of those, those false desires that you're feeling, those, those impulses, they'll pull you away from God. Kill your flesh daily by the Spirit's help. As we saw earlier, the Holy Spirit of God will help you kill the flesh. You've got to say no to sin and say no to fleshly impulses that wage war against your spiritual life. And finally, be filled with the Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this wonderful truth from the Lord Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, do Your work on us. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. It's what we sing. May all of my friends who are watching tonight, listening, may they say the same. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Mold me, make me, shape me, form me, break me. Do what you must do. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, if you have any needs, anything we can help you with, please email, text us, call us. In these times of separation when we can't be together as we always are, it's always a pleasure to be with you. I wish I could see all of your faces. Come back, church. Come back. Fill that place. We have plenty of room for you to come. Our Sunday school will be in place for all of our children.
from preschool all the way through to the fifth grade. Come on back this Sunday and I hope to see you and may the Lord richly bless you. I'll see you Sunday.